0: Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning our series is I Am Free. It's really just a one-time series, one-off for this 4th of July weekend. I Am Free. We're going to focus on those words that we heard from Dell just a few moments earlier. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 36. If you want to follow along with the Bible, you can. As we do that, you know, it is 4th of July. You guys don't seem very excited about it. It's the 4th of July. Do you know on the 4th of July that Americans consume more beer than any other time during the year? More beer than any other time during the year. We consume, you know, just about $5 billion worth of beer. That's a lot of beer. That, that that, that, That is more than any other time. St. Patrick's Day doesn't even come close. And maybe all that beer is to wash down one of our favorite foods on this 4th of July. According to the, and this is a real group, the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. This is like a group you want to work for, I mean, unless you're a vegetarian. National Hot Dog and Sausage Council estimates that on the 4th of July, we Americans consume somewhere around 150 million hot dogs. Anyone going to have hot dogs today? Few of you are. You know, 150 million hot dogs, and on those hot dogs, we put some $37 million worth of ketchup. Now, you can argue that whether ketchup belongs in a hot dog or not, that's a whole different discussion. But, you know, we consume a lot in our celebration of this 4th of July. We, we celebrate that in 1776, you know, we, the underdogs, won up against the most, one of the most powerful nations in the world at that time. And we won. We celebrate freedom, and we, we, we love our freedom as we celebrate freedom. We talk about this freedom we have, this, this freedom to make our own decisions, a freedom to you know, dress like we want to dress, to earn as much money as we want to earn, freedom to live where we want to live, freedom to be who we want to be. We love our freedom. And perhaps more than any other nation in this world, we love our freedom, and we love to celebrate our freedom with beer and hot dogs and ketchup and fireworks. To 1:15 in the morning, some of you said to two in the morning. Yeah, mine were going to 1:15. They finally quieted down. Wow. we love our freedom. Well, today as we explore freedom, we're going to explore what it means for us to live in freedom, but not political freedom, not not the freedoms that we talk about and we celebrate here on this Fourth of July, but the freedom that we have in Jesus. And what we're going to discover is this: that Jesus. Sets us free from ourselves. Jesus sets us free from ourselves. Let's go to and let's dig into God's word here. And as we do that, before we do that, you know, I'll give you a little background to what's going on here. Is that here in in this context, John eight, Jesus is in the temple, and any God fearing Jew in first century Palestine would come to the temple, especially for some of the big celebrations. They're there for the Feast of Tabernacles. It's one of the big three celebrations that they had. I don't know if you've ever been in a crowd of people, like 10,000 crowd of people or more. You know, like there's probably gathered around there. One of the big crowd experiences I ever had was on the 4th of July weekend. 4th of July, in fact. And my wife and I we were in St. Louis and I've shared some of this story before that you know the Cardinals had a phenomenal year that year. Cardinals baseball they were they were they were dominating the scene and so that evening there was a stadium full of people to cheer on their Cardinals. And then on top of that there was a crowd of people gathered to watch the Olympic tryouts, so this was swimming Olympic tryouts in St. Louis. And then on top of that was gathered people sitting underneath the arch by the Mississippi River, a crowd of people to listen to the Beach Boys live. That was really cool, Beach Boys. And then, you know, watch fireworks over, you know, the Mississippi River and the arch. It was wonderful. And then all three of those events with not tens of thousands, but hundreds of thousands of people, they all ended right about the same time. Imagine the mess that created. But here we are in the temple. Tens of thousands of people gathered to listen to Jesus, but also to celebrate the feast of the tabernacle. In this crowd of people, there were really kind of two main groups of people. There is this one group. It's just the Sadducees and the Pharisees. These are some of the religious leaders of the day. The Sadducees and the Pharisees, they were Jesus haters. They didn't like Jesus. They didn't like Jesus mostly because, well, he called them out on their hypocrisy. He challenged what they were teaching and how they were practicing following God. In fact, they hated him so much, they had been working and devising plans to get rid of him, even to get him put to death if they could. And then the other part of that crowd is the regular people, people like you and I, people who had heard Jesus teach. In fact, you were like, we've heard this guy teach before. He is a phenomenal teacher. I mean, wow, he teaches us ways about who God is and God's love for us that helps us understand. In fact, we understand, unlike these Pharisees and Sadducees, that God loves us no matter what we've done. That no matter how many times we have failed and how many times we have sinned, God loves us. That God loves me. And not only have they listened and heard Jesus you know, teach, but they have also... Seen him perform these miracles, these, these miracles where he has, you know, made the blind see, that the deaf hear, the mute speak. Where he's taken those who were crippled and, and and you know healed their bodies. He's cast out demons. He's even, you know, fed thousands of people with just a small handful to start with. And he's raised the dead. They've heard him teach. They've seen him perform these miracles. They are in awe of what he's telling them about God. And Jesus is about to tell them what it means for him to set them free from themselves. These are the words he says. Let's read together from John 8, 31 and 32. So Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you live by what I say, you are truly my disciples you will know the truth and the truth will set you free so let's take this apart a little bit we're going to go through this pretty quick by the way jesus said to them the, to the jews those who were there those who believed in him if you live by what i say if you live by what i say so you know we talk about following jesus following jesus is not you know following rules is not just putting our butts down in the pews you know it's living by what he's living by this life that he's called us to live in his love, to live for him and for one another. And if you have an older translation, especially if you're following along this morning, your older translation might say, if you abide in my word. And that, that abiding my word really means if you live by what I says. And that word abide really means to, to remain. Not just like, hey, I just was here and now I'm gone, but to, to be there for a while, to spend time there. So spending time in his word, spending time in how he's taught us to live in relationship to God, and God's love for us, and taking that love and living in relationship to one another. So if you live by what I say, you are truly my disciples. And you and a disciple, by the way, it really just means student. So those are the ones who follow Jesus. We are students of the words that he teaches us, of the life that he calls us to live. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Ultimately, the truth is Jesus. It's God's love for us and Jesus. And that truth will set you free. Now, again, remember, there's a crowd of people here. There are the crowd who have listened to him teach, seen him perform miracles. And they're in their crowd, uh, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, those who are Jesus haters. They don't like this guy. And this is how they respond. Let's read verse 38 together, 33 together. They replied to Jesus, we are Abraham's descendants, and we've never been anyone's slaves. So how can you say that we will be set free? I'm glad you said that with a little more gusto because I think they were pretty passionate about this. They replied, we are Abraham's descendants. We know who we are. You know, Abraham, who God called. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We are descendants of Abraham. That's our connection. That's why we have freedom, because of who we are. And we've never been slaves of anyone. Now, if you know their history at all, whether it's from, you know, the Bible or just history, you know that's not accurate. We've never been slaves of anyone, right? At that moment in first century Palestine... You know, they were occupied by the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, the Roman government that controlled things. Now, the Roman government, one of the most powerful nations or empires that ever existed, allowed them some freedom, but that freedom had boundaries. And one of the boundaries they couldn't cross is they couldn't put anyone to death. That's why when the Pharisees and the Sadducees want to put Jesus to death, they can't just do it, they've got to work through the Governmental system, the Roman governmental system, to put Jesus to death by crucifixion. Not to mention, they have been carried away into captivity a number of times through their history by other nations, the Babylonians, to mention some. And, and they were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. They've never been slaves of anyone. But see, they're not understanding what Jesus is getting at. When we think about freedom, we do the same thing. You know, they're thinking about political freedom. They're thinking about, you know, that, that, that autonomy they have. By the way, when we talk about freedom as Americans... You know, an an article a number of years ago from the Atlantic Journal talks about freedom. And and a study of freedom, especially as Americans, it really is about our self-autonomy. It's about us wanting to do things our own way. It's about us, you know, being in control of our own lives. And often it's a very self-centered sense of freedom. So how can you say that we will be set free? just went right over their heads, but Jesus is going to nail it. Let's read on verse 34. Jesus answered them, I can guarantee this truth. Whoever lives a sinful life is a slave to sin. Each and every one of us, each and every one of us is controlled by something. And Jesus says, if you sin, if you live a sinful life, you are controlled by that sin. You are a slave to that sin. The truth is, we all have sin that controls us. Now, let's define what sin is. You know, in this context especially, you know, sin is something that is when we say, I want my own way. It's self-autonomy. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God and they ate the forbidden fruit, what were they really saying? God, I don't need you. I don't want you. I want to make the decisions about my life my own way. And all other forms of sin that control us, that control you, that control me. And we find ourselves enslaved to those sins. And maybe right now you could even think about some of those sins that enslave you, that control you, that shape your life. Whoever lives a sinful life is a slave to sin. Think about that just for a moment. About those sins that shape and control your life. And Jesus goes on. Let's continue as we read together verses 35 and 36. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So, if the son sets you free, you will be absolutely free. Now, a slave has no permanent place in the family, no permanent place in the household. The idea, you know, in the first century, you know, culture is that you'd have slaves, you'd have servants. And these slaves could be dismissed. They could be sold from one household to the other. They were not permanent. They, they had no connection to the family. They had no connection to the household except for they served there. But if you were a son or a daughter, if you were family, you were part of that household. You had that, that family name. And so Jesus, what the point he's driving here is that, you know, you may talk about being a descendant of Abraham, but ultimately... Ultimately, you're holding on to that as if that makes you part of the family. When you live this life of sin, when it's obvious that your life is controlled and shaped by your sin. But if you really want to belong to the family forever, become a child. We just wrapped up a series. We talked about being the family of God. That God in his grace calls us to be his children, gathers us in these families. Let's go back to that Bible verse, please. So as we talk about being that family, that we belong to forever if the Son sets us free. So as the Son sets us free, you know, we become part of the family. We belong to that forever. Not because of, you know, where we live or who we are or what we've done. We belong to the family. We are part of this household, this family forever, no matter how many times we have sinned. No matter how many times we have disobeyed God. Because the Son sets us free. If the sun sets you free, you will be absolutely free. This is not political freedom. This is spiritual freedom. This is the freedom to live our lives not for ourselves, but to live our lives for our God, to live our lives for one another, to live our lives in the love and grace he has for us in Jesus, the one who came as part of God's plan, not because the Pharisees and scribes thought they had accomplished what they wanted, but because God accomplished what he wanted to do. To set us free. So he sent his son Jesus. And Jesus suffered and died on the cross. He shed his blood so that we, that you and I, we are absolutely free. That his love, his grace shapes and controls, molds our lives. Our relationship with our God and our relationship, our lives as we interact with one another here in our church. As we interact with one another in the community and the world in which we live. The Son sets you free. You are absolutely free. And that, that is a freedom worth celebrating. Jesus sets us free from ourselves. Jesus sets us free from ourselves in his grace and his love. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this amazing grace and love. We thank you that we are set free. Lord, today as a nation, we celebrate this freedom that we do, Lord, a lot of freedoms that we enjoy Lord, especially that freedom to gather here and to worship you without, you know, fear of, of hindrance or persecution. But Lord, also we celebrate the freedom we have in you. Not just today, but every day. Lord, especially as we get ourselves tangled up in sin again, as we, you know, focus on ourselves and become self-absorbed. As we hurt our relationship with you and hurt our relationship with others, Lord, we love that we can live in this freedom. That we can live in your grace and your love. We pray that this freedom, Lord, shapes us that we may love you, and that we may love and serve one another. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit HolySavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.